Knock them fast. Welcome to another edition of Niners Explained. I am Kyle Posey. We have a special guest today, Eric Davis. Eric, what's going on, man? Nothing much, man. If they only knew what we go through. Man. To bring this to him, huh? Man. <laughs> if they only knew. So, uh, big big draft. Uh, quiet weekend for the 49ers, huh? Uh, yeah. They didn't make any noise, man. What happened? Talk just, to me. Talk just, to me. Uh, Let's discuss it. Just, uh, just another ho-hum weekend for John Lynch and company. So, we saw a receiver taken, not a surprise. We saw a defensive lineman taken, which came to a surprise as some. We also have a new left tackle on board. There are two players that are no longer on the roster and a few undrafted free agents that have a chance to make the roster. So let's start at the top. The 49ers traded down okay. fr- traded down from 13. They took defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. Just starting there, how much of a surprise was it for you that the 49ers took a defensive lineman again in the first round? Not at all. That's their philosophy. Um, I've been saying this for a while, that I would not be shocked. And I know all the noise was about a wide receiver, wide receiver. I, said that, you know, I don't know how they feel about their room, but what I do know is that you don't win if you're always chasing a player, a coach, a scheme. That's not how you win. The way you win is that you have a philosophy on what you are about and how you're supposed to win, and you build on that and you maintain that. John Lynch's philosophy, he's shown it. He likes big people. He likes big, mean, nasty guys. Uh, That's what he's always drafted. That's how he built his team. Remember when John Lynch was playing, that's how he won. He played behind big, nasty guys. They Offensively, they wanted to run the ball. Defensively, they were going to beat you up with their front four. That's what he's creating that's what he has created so i'm not shocked by it man it makes it makes perfect sense it fits right in with his philosophy and personally i'm glad to see that they are following the script because this is what has gotten the team to the position that it's in i'm glad you said that because a lot of people were very surprised and you heard leading up to the draft that why can't Solomon Thomas, Kevin Givens, Julian Taylor fill these roles? And in my head, I'm asking these guys, are, are you listening to what you are saying out loud right now? You are expecting a team that was just dominant, like just overwhelmed teams. The reason that they were able to overwhelm teams uh-huh. is because they had dominant players up front. The players that I just named are the furthest thing from dominant, and we haven't seen any proof. And Lynch – went out of his way to say that he builds through the defensive line. So I thought Ken Law was a no-brainer. And being able to trade down, get him, to me, he was one of the top ten players in the draft. And I know that he's it's not a sexy pick, and it's not, you know, we, we can't talk about it like receivers, but Ken Law has a chance to be everything that Chris Jones is on the Kansas City Chiefs. He's really that talented. So I'm glad that they took Ken Law. And I really yeah. do think he just – he was not only the best fit, but he was the best player – and he gives them the chance to be as great as they were last year. And that was that should be the goal moving forward. Oh, well, see, the thing right now, the goal for this team in this offseason is maintaining where you are. Because like I just said, the, the Niners, and it was funny to me that everybody was like, well, the Niners need to get something so their offense can be dynamic, and they need to go get receivers. And I'm like, guys, they were second in the league in scoring. The Niners don't have a problem scoring. They're, the offense wasn't broken. Um, and that's that's what I was. Everyone like they need a wide receiver. I was like they don't need anything. The, <laughs> the, the Niners are a good football team. They don't need a thing. So the question is, how do you maintain? It, it, it's much easier uh, to build a team to this level than it is to maintain consistent winning in the NFL. How do you do that? Because when you're a good team, you're going to lose good players. You you know yeah that- you lose Depot. You and now you you lose Depot, but you replace Depot with Kinlaw, who's a dog. Not only with Depot not being there, deciding not to get Depot, you get to sign Jimmy Ward, you get to sign um, Armstead, uh, you get to utilize that those draft positions so that you were able to trade down, get some other opportunities on the board, so you could trade back out of those to get the wide receiver that you wanted. Um, 
and and you put yourself in position to now continue to move forward in the same manner in which you built your team, keeping those big boys up front, letting them hunt. You're you're not you're not losing from that room. I just think you did a great job of putting things together the way they worked it all out to get the players that they needed. Yeah, I do as well. And you brought up just sticking to the script. So they they came up with this idea that this is how they're going to build a team, and they are sticking to the script. So I like that as well. And just financially, DeForest Buckner is going to cost $84 million over the next four years. Kinlaw is going to cost about like $20 million or so over the next four years. It's a no-brainer to make well, the decision that they did. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's beyond that. It's, it's Okay, because it's hard to let Buck go. Yeah. But can you replace him? You look at the draft, you got someone where I think I can predict, I can replace that production. And and the money you talk about, it's not just default. Like I said, you were able to sign Jimmy Ward because of it. You will be able to sign um, um, a Kittle because of it. Uh, so you have to look at things that way. And, and you get that production on a rookie contract. All of these things are important, man. It's, it's very important when you start to look at the economics of it from a, from the GM standpoint. You did a good job. Absolutely. And what I what I meant by that is just the, the financial piece is, is, is a piece to the puzzle that a lot of people are not factoring in. And even furthermore, not just extending Kittle – they can not because they have that extra money, and we'll get to this later. They probably have now money that they can either extend Trent Williams. They can probably sign a veteran cornerback in the market next year that they probably wouldn't have been able to if they would have kept Buckner. Just little things like that are going to go a long way in just maintaining the 49ers championship window and just prolonging that. So, yeah, I, I love the move and every just how they handled it, how it worked out. Because John Lynch did say there was a there was a little interest there in Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, but they took they took a risk by passing on him, and they really like Kinlaw as one of their quote unquote foundational players. So yeah, it's it's hard for me to get mad at just selecting Kinlaw. I feel like a lot of people are either too tired to just tired of drafting a defensive lineman early, or that they just haven't watched Kinlaw play. Have Have you seen him play? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've seen him play, and I've also seen how you how they built this team. And um, and even when I was with the Niners, that's what they did. Every single year, every single year, they drafted um, D linemen. Every year. We always, I don't care how many big boys we had, whenever there was a big boy available, if they thought to come in and move bodies, we continued to get them. Uh, because that's just, a, that's just football. And if you can beat up a quarterback – then, then you're going to be a good defense, and that's what they continue to do. So I've seen them play. Uh, yeah, it's not the sexy thing, and part of it is because everybody just started listening to all the talking heads. Yeah, and these guys are saying this is what you have to do, and this is what you need. And the whole thing is about sustaining the level of of, of play that you have. The Niners, as I said before, they don't need. Anything they didn't they didn't lose the Super Bowl because they lacked a receiver or because they lacked a a whatever they lost the Super Bowl because they didn't make enough plays when it mattered they had the squad they they had a team good enough to win a championship so how do you maintain that keep the window open like you said you have to make certain that you make these type decisions and you replace the talent so if you can get if you can get a Ken Law for the price that you got him at, filling with the filling and belief that you can get defaults type production, come on, you're right. You 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 got to do that. You got to make that move. So eventually, they had that they were going to add a receiver, and that was pretty clear just based on what's on the roster. They trade. They used the fourth down, the fourth round pick that they traded back a spot for to grab Ken Law to move back up into the first round to select Brandon Ayuk. It was it made sense just because John Lynch and Herm Edwards are buddies. I was at ASU's Pro Day last year and they were like inseparable. It's it's no surprise at all. I just with what Kyle Shanahan wants to do with a receiver, pretty much simplify him, scheme him open. Once he schemes you open, okay, now it's your turn. Now you get us, you know, all these extra yards. We saw that with Debo last year. And Ayuk is another receiver like that where you can throw him the ball right away and he's going to break a lot of tackles. He's going to make somebody miss and just maximize the yards that gets out of it. Do you think that it was too rich to trade up for a receiver or do you like the idea, the aggressive? Well, 
if, if it's your guy, it's your guy. Uh, that I've, I, I've always said that. If you're looking at someone, and from Kyle's um, comments, he, he believes that this is someone that can be utilized in every wide receiver position, which makes it difficult for uh, a, a defense to scheme against when you have a player that can be in multiple roles, because I don't care how good you are, if I know where you're going to be all the time and what you're going to do, because there's only so much you can do on the football field based on location. Yep. And if I know you're going to be in the same place all the time, then I should be able to find a way to defense that. So you're looking at a guy that he believes that can do everything he wants done from the wide receiver position and from every position that he would put a wide receiver in. If you have that, you think that's your guy, I don't have a problem with you going to get him. So whether, whether it, if you feel like that's your guy and you think he's going to be gone, you get it. It's just like with Kinlaw. You felt like you could move back and get Kinlaw, but look, you only went back one spot, but you were able to get some equity that you used for other situations. And that's what you were thinking. So I don't have a problem with you identifying someone as the guy and getting him. And that's, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what draft picks are for. Right. Um, now, everyone is up in arms because it's not the sexy names that everybody was talking about, which is why I always say, just wait and see what a team drafts. They'll tell you what their needs are and their beliefs. And we see it. They feel like, you know, their beliefs, big people up front, and they did want to add to the wide receiver room, which kind of makes me wonder about her. That's, that's what I was wondering about, how they felt about him. Makes me wonder about that, but still, get your guy. So, to, to answer your question, I, I, I'm okay. I'm completely okay with you going to get your guy. I don't think it's a reach. People are like it's a reach for this player. No, it's, it's not a reach. If that is, if that's the person you believe is going to be able to execute what you need done, get him. Kyle said that Ayuk was his favorite evaluator, his favorite receiver to evaluate. And he just uh, he just kept yeah. saying like these different traits about him that like I don't know how you can listen to him speak about Ayuk and then just be upset with like let's be honest what what is the fourth round going to do for this 49ers team anyway the odds that of them just making the team or being able to produce in the near future is just slim so packaging up a player packaging up that pick and moving up for your favorite wide receiver as we saw. There was a one on, a run on wide receivers anyway, so they they felt like he was not going to be there at thirty one. So if that is your guy, yeah, you have to make that. So I I don't disagree at all. Absolutely. And I just with some of the yeah, rankings absolutely. that I was doing, it made sense for what they do because what Ayuk excels at. What I told somebody is Ayuk can be a top fifteen player before the draft. I said if he goes to a team that. Gives him screens, slants, like runs bang eights and vertical routes, like just moves him around in motion. That is exactly what the 49ers do. So, yeah, I don't I don't see what the issue yeah, is. Yeah. Um, Chris Sims is. Well, see, one of the things- go ahead. Go ahead. No, you know, you go ahead. You go ahead. I was saying. So Chris Sims, is obviously Kyle's like best friend, right hand man. He was talking about and he had some quotes on Thursday that sounded like they were coming directly from Kyle's mouth. And I mean, one of one of them were he said. They lost Emmanuel Sanders, and the Dante Pettis experiment isn't working out, and they only have Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne right now. So that tells me that there is not faith in her. There isn't the faith in Trent Taylor that they're going to be able to get contributions. So they moved up and got Ayuk. Uh, exactly. So, so that's what, And that's what that told me, and that's why the entire time – Everyone was saying they have to have a wide receiver. You know my, my thoughts on that. You don't have to have anything. And I said, but I'll see how they feel about that room and the development of the guys within that room, one being heard. You're absolutely right. If you're going to get a first-round receiver, that means that you need some, You need a receiver on the field. Not necessarily you're drafting your, your wide receiver number one, but you knew that you had to have that body because you didn't have faith in what you had. Uh, first-round guy – you are going to work into your scheme this system. I mean, this season, and that's what I wanted to see. That's where that's where it is. If you like this player, uh, there you go. You you mentioned the type offense that Kyle likes to run. This is not a down the field because everyone CD Lamb and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. um and, and talking about Rugs. Who I I I like Rugs, but this is this is the thing that I said about Rugs, and I said it on my podcast. I was talking to, to Rashawn Haylock, and I and I said to Rashawn. 
I said, the thing about uh, rugs that my I, I have to have something special to draft a, D, a DB or a wide receiver. You got to have something superhuman to me. And four two, a legitimate four two is superhuman. Very few people can do that because all of these receivers, for the most part, they're six. They're they're five eleven to six one. 180, 90 pounds to 205. They're all the same guys, 4'4", four, 4'5". Four, four, That's every wide receiver in the league. But Ruggs had that 4'2". But the issue with a 4'2", uh, in the comparison to Tyreek Hill, which I, I hate comparisons, but I only, I'm only bringing that up, is that Tyreek Hill's speed is a weapon because you have a quarterback that can throw the ball 60 yards down the field, 65 yards down the field on the rope. Garoppolo can't do that. So you just talked about it. This offense is about a quarterback being accurate, getting the ball out of his hands quickly, making right decisions, and letting guys run afterwards. After they're not gonna, um, they're not gonna drop back 17 yards and throw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. So you don't need that type of speed. You need someone that can get the ball in their hands, make guys miss, make plays in space, and go from there. That's what he believes he's got. I'm okay with it. I think he's going to add something to the offense if he does what we've seen him do. Um, you know, what I did the last half of the season, if, if he continues to grow from that, it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, and that's a good point about Jimmy because, you know, there are a bunch of stats out there that do say that Jimmy is, a you know, a an effective deep ball thrower, which is true statistically. But if you watch the games, there are ample examples of him just underthrowing deep balls and, just, you know, got receivers having to sl- slow yeah. down. Now, there are so many examples of that, and those get ignored. And it's not because he's a first-year starter. That's just – I feel like that's just who he is at this point. And that's probably why we didn't see, you know, the team interest – or the team just, you know, want to move up for rugs or draft a vertical thread. Just get a guy that does what the 49ers do on the offense. You know, one, two, three, get it out and let the let the receivers – let the playmakers do the play and make the play. So, yeah, that – that's fine by me, man. And uh, it, the, Kyle Sims actually t- said that Kyle thinks that Ayuk can be a receiver that I'm sure you guarded. Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce. Talk about hyperbole right there. That is one of the best receivers in the last 20 years. <laughs> Bruce, um, Bruce. So, okay. You know okay. all about Bruce. You talk to me about Bruce. Um, Isaac Bruce is one of those route runners, just a smooth guy, um, a big-time competitor, good hands, um, routes. I mean, he ran clean routes like like Jerry and Henry Eller. I, I mean, it was just he's just a smooth receiver, productive receiver. Um, wasn't a big guy, didn't talk, didn't do anything but compete and make plays. Uh, understood, very high football acumen, understood defenses, understood – how to get open, how to sit down, how to protect himself. I, he would crack me up all the time. I, I, he would get, he'd catch a ball and, and just eat dirt because he he was so smart and understanding where the danger was that he was not going to just run into that wound and get knocked out. Uh, so, so all of those things allowed him to have this long career, productive career, uh, you know, just working at his craft and, and, and just being the route runner. And, and the technician to understand how to set guys up is what made him the player that he became. Uh, that's high praise when you start doing that. And again, like I say, I, I hate the comparison thing. You're not, he's not going to be Isaac Bruce. Let's just see Ayuk and how good he can be. Everyone always wants this comparison for the visual. Yeah. But it's going to be different. It, 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 he's not going to be like Bruce. It's a different body type. Uh, I mean, everything, just the way this guy plays the game is just different. And on top of that, the game itself is different. So I, I don't expect that. I personally try not to put that type of pressure on guys. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you don't like you don't like comparing guys. rookies to Hall of Famers? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this is, this is a dude right now who I need him to come in and learn the playbook right now. This time last year when everyone was asking me about Garoppolo and and franchise quarterback, I, my comment was he hasn't done a damn thing for the franchise yet. I want to see if he can be a solid starter. Now he's done something for the franchise. He's my franchise quarterback. He's winning playoff games. He's given them an opportunity to compete. I see, I've see. i seen him 
have to come from behind and make plays. I've seen him play with the lead. I've seen him struggle and the coach take the ball out of his hand and he still doesn't get down in the dunk. He, you know, he takes his medicine and he plays through and he finds a way when he's struggling to win. So all of those things I've seen. I am not about to put these rookies in there and, and just say that they can be these Hall of Famers. It's like with <laughs> Ken Law. What I said was that I, I've seen Ken Law move men around. He's thrown grown men around. I'm going to assume that he can still throw grown men, adapt, throw grown men around at the next level as he learns to be a pro. But also, I'm not expecting him to be deep pro. What I said was, if you believe that you can still get that level of production, then there you go. They're going to play the game differently. It's about the production. That's all that matters. I don't care. I don't need you to play like anyone else because you trying to be you, – you, if we get Ayuk trying to be Isaac Bruce, he, he may fall short of Isaac Bruce, but he's, he's got a pretty good chance of maxing out Ayuk. And that's what I need him to do. That's what I want him to do. And that's why I don't get into the comparison. They, they thought this guy had something uh, worth drafting in the first round. That's all I want to see. Right. I just want him to pull that out. Tweeting out right now, Eric Davis compares Javon Kinlaw to Dana Stubblefield. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm Bubbles. just playing. <laughs> like Bubbles. Like Bubbles. <laughs> hey, buddy, Bubbles came in. Bubbles came in, and he was pretty good. He came in and was pretty good. But guess what? He got a whole lot better when they said B.Y. next to us. <laughs> that, that helps. That, that, which which is why that that's another that, reason he, I'm so glad yeah. they drafted Kinlaw. Because I already had – like, you can – it doesn't take long to realize you're dealing with a very good athlete, a very good football player. You put that very good athlete and football player next to a Bosa, next to an Armstead, and he's just going to get – he's going to soak up so much knowledge – and D Ford's probably gonna help him out too because all the guys to a man last year said Ford helped each one of them get so much better. So just learning from those three players right there, like Ken Law's just his ceiling's gonna go through the roof now. Uh, well, D D Ford, D Ford, I thought was the most important person on the front last year. Um, and I guarantee you, if you track it, you'll see that when he wasn't on the field, that there was a major, major drop off. Oh, there in was. The, um, in, in the, the effectiveness of that front. Uh, he, it's ridiculous how fast he is off the ball and the pressure he puts on. More than both of them, more than anyone. You got both of those guys coming off. It's crazy. But, yeah, you put all those guys together, um, everyone's going to get better. Solomon Thomas is going to be better. Armstead's going to be better. Kinlaw is going to learn and grow from them, um, and, and they'll be able to utilize that strength that he brings in, but, but he'll get better. If D Ford is healthy, he's got to get better. That's the other aspect of it. When people are like, well, the team didn't get better through this draft. You just replaced what was there. Well, that's what you have to do in the offseason as you lose players to try and maintain. But also remember, you had guys like Bosa, who's a rookie. Yeah. He's going to get better. Yeah. He's, uh, <laughs> he's going to be in the running. So it, it, He's going to be in the running for defensive player of the year. Like that, that is good. That is natural. That is natural progression. And, and he, even if he doesn't reach that level, he is going to get better. He's going to stop biting on these run fakes. He's going to stop running out of his rushing lanes. He's just going to naturally know what he can and can't get away with. So yes, he's going to get better. And as far as Ford, the Ford, when Ford was not on the field last year, the 49ers, I believe they were at about 24% pressure rate, which was still really good. When Ford was on the field, the 49ers pressure rate was 38%, which is by far and away the best in the NFL and is like one of the more historic numbers in the NFL. So, yeah, Ford is big time, and he he does mean the most to that defensive line. I'm glad you brought that up. We, uh, You know what, man? I, I, I love that. I love you stats, guys. I love the stats, guys. You guys put up all these stats, <laughs> and, and, and that's great. You know, 23% at this and and 38% at that. You know what? You know how I look at the stats? I, this is what I've always said about stats, because I know you can you can look them up, you can do all this stuff, but what do they mean? And you know what that means? When D4 was on the field, they whooped the offensive line's ass. Yeah, they embarrassed people. When D4 wasn't on the field, they didn't whoop their ass as much. That's all. That's all it really is. <laughs> when D4's out there, team, teams get worried about getting their ass handed to them. And that's, that's, that's it. So that's, that's how I normally just try to explain the stats to people there there are certain things but they, they are far better and the numbers 
I am a stat guy, film guy, coach. I, I just, I, you know, I try to just use all pieces of the puzzle and just put them together because nothing is ever going to tell you the full story. But, I mean, anybody with eyeballs can tell you that Ford means everything to the D-line. Uh-huh. Yeah, see, I'm a film guy, and that's what I, I'm with you on that. See, I like to look at the film. I like to see what's going on because the thing about it is X's and O's don't move on paper. Right. Uh, they don't. So that's why that's why the thing about these schemes and all this stuff, what the you can have the best scheme and you can draw it up, but what the paper and the X's and O's don't tell, the X's the X the the, the, the paper can't tell me if that X is just getting his tail handed to him by that O. <laughs> no, it's true. And it, you know, you can't you, you, you can't look at that and, and that the film will tell you, like, look, okay, and that's why back you know, I'm going back to Ken Law. Ken Law I just look at the film, and I and I just saw him beating people up, Li- literally just just making you feel sorry for offensive linemen. Like like really, that's not nice the way he's treating that guy. That's how you that's how you watch film on this guy, and it's like okay, that right there, you can't teach you can't teach someone to just be nasty. I, you can't teach someone to enjoy pounding another human being, and he seems to like that. Ayuk, you watch Ayuk play. And you see a guy playing hard, working hard, making plays, wanting to get there. I'm trying to think, what's the free agent, um, tennis, the free agent wide receiver that they brought in. When I when you watch him play, see, this is a hit to the head. I can't remember his name. Are you talking Just about Benjamin? Him play, yeah, when, when watching him play, uh, you see someone, even, I mean, this is a guy, he's going to have to make it on special teams. But this is someone who has a chance to make it on special teams because he plays with the intent to knock a grown man down. He, he, he plays like he enjoys that contact. He enjoys the sting. And you can't teach someone to like that sting on the football field. You either do or you don't. You're wired that way or you're not wired that way. And uh, that, that's a part of the 49ers' philosophy. They want big. They want strong. They want fast. More than anything, they want tough and nasty. Yes. That's paramount there. The the last two things you said are like the stamp on the 49ers. If you are tough and if you are nasty, they will find you and they will want you. And there are three plays that come to mind with Kinlaw and this last thing on Kinlaw that you cannot quantify. So going back to like the film, he has – so he's lined up as like a three tag, as a shade over the outside shoulder of the guard. He is uh-huh. he's facing a double team. He attacks one part of the man, sheds the other guy, and from there, the like the whole he does his job. The linebacker does not make the the right read, so the running back has a big gain. Like to the naked eye, you're thinking, "Wow, he got ate up." Like what happened there? But if you watch, you can understand Kinlaw did a great job. Kinlaw reset the line, line of scrimmage and nobody was there to make a play. Uh-huh. Next year, like that's a tackle for loss. Fred Warner's dancing in the backfield right now. There are so many parts of Thank Kinlaw's you. film where, like, what what does he do? Like, why are you guys not hyping this up? But because it doesn't go down in the stat sheet, then you can't reference that, so you can't quantify it. So there are a lot of parts about Kinlaw that just, man, I, I just, he's going I to guess. be a star. Yeah, exactly. Very, very well said. That's the thing about it. Just, just because just because you didn't leave the the league in um, sacks doesn't mean you're not a good D lineman. Just because you didn't leave the league in interceptions doesn't mean you're not a good DB. Just because you didn't leave the league in catches doesn't mean you're not a good wide receiver. All of these things, you're, you're right. You got to watch the film and see how a player is being utilized. And remember that everybody in college. Not playing in the pros. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sometimes guys are playing with some dudes that are just caffeine free. <laughs> you know, they're just caffeinated, and they, they look like coffee and smell like coffee. But but but, but I mean, they are caffeine free. And and if you're playing with a bunch of dudes that just can't get it done, all you can do is your job. <laughs> and so you're right. So a lot of times you can be balling out, and it just doesn't show up in the stat sheet because you're playing. You're on the field with you know. 10 guys sometimes that won't get an opportunity to play. Exactly.
Okay, so there was some pretty big news on the left tackle front. So Joe Staley retired. Uh-huh. He informed the 49ers yeah. that it came out that he told the 49ers he was going to retire on Monday. That left the 49ers scrambling for a left tackle. Turns out, okay, let's talk about this type of luxury. Hall of Fame tackle walks away. And now, in that situation, most teams would probably draft a tackle in the first or second round. But the 49ers chose to keep pursuing Trent Williams, and eventually their persistency paid off. They were able to snag Trent Williams for a third rounder and a fifth rounder. Trent Williams had, did not play football in 2019, but for the last like five or so years, we're talking about the best left tackle arguably in the game. And there's not yeah. much of an argument there. If you have not watched Trent Williams – just watch any Washington game from 2018. You're probably going to see him blocking somebody into the sideline. Just uh, he is one of the best athletes that, that I've ever seen play the position. And that, and a lot of times when that's the case, that left tackle usually doesn't have a lot of power. But like if if we're talking like Madden, for example, his power would be maxed out. This guy gives you like he puts you in the dirt. Everything about Trent Williams is what an offensive line sh- lineman should be. Uh, what, what's your take on just acquiring Trent Williams and in in replacement for Staley? Uh, you got better? Yeah. It's, you, you just said it all. It's going to – and, and, and that's no knock on Staley. That's yeah. no knock on Staley. Staley, I, I, I tweeted him yesterday, you know, congrats, man. You did us proud. The way, the way you played in the colors – I, I couldn't have asked more for from him. I mean, he gave his all. He played at a high level, a consistent level for many, many years. Uh, Trent Williams is just better. Uh, yeah. Trent, Trent Williams, uh, when full speed, you just said it. He he is arguably the best left tackle in football. And I mean, and, and the guy you talk about athleticism. If if you want to know anything about Trent Williams and what you're getting as a 49er fan, go check out. Trent Williams playing against Brandon Ingram, and there's a play in um, against the Chargers where Ingram beats him with that spin move inside. He sets him outside, beats him with an inside swim move, is on his way to the quarterback, and Williams spins back the opposite way <laughs> and cuts him off before he can get to the quarterback. I know he, exactly he, what play you're he, talking about. He, you, you know the play I'm talking about? I, I tweeted out that play as it happened. I've never seen anything like that. I know, and that might sound like I'm making it up or like I'm being a fanboy because he's on the 49ers now, but I've seri- I've I've never seen a left tackle do that before. No, because because a human being that size is not supposed to be. <laughs> right, right. And, that, and that, that, that's why you don't see that, and you may never see that again because it, it, it shouldn't physically be possible. Physics shouldn't allow it to happen. That much mass moving that quickly uh, under those circumstances, redirecting like that, because this is something that, that he didn't know was coming. It wasn't a planned move. And he was a that's the athleticism that he had. So you got better there. The 49ers found themselves in a position again because of the moves that John Lynch, and he's been GMing his ass off. I don't care what anyone says. Because of the move that you made, you were able to get some pieces here and there just enough. So that when Washington wanted to give away Trent Williams, and they eventually had no choice once he said he wasn't going to play and he proved it, they wanted to give him away. And, God, everybody's freaking out over these middle-round selections. Once you get beyond the third round, you are hoping that this guy can outperform. You're not expecting him to be a starter for You're not expecting Kittle to be an all-pro. You don't draft them in the fifth round. You don't wait that long if that's if those are your expectations. You hope that he outperforms. But giving up a fifth rounder and a third rounder, so let's just so your fifth round draft choice this season was Trent Williams. That's a win. There's- in any in any <laughs> category, any way you want to put it. Your second round pick this year was D Ford. That's a win. Yes. The only one you lost out on was you lost out on uh, Emmanuel Sanders moving on, but you made the Super Bowl. The things that you were able to 
And, and yeah, absolutely. He helped establish what was going on. So that third round rental was worth it. He, it, it was worth it because it also puts you in position to where you were able to make some moves, have this team to where you can continue to build off of that experience. Because remember, you have a the 49ers fans, you have a locker room filled with guys that understand what it feels like to have you cheer for them in playoff games, to be in that atmosphere. Not Never again do they have to wonder what it's like. They know what it's like, and they will feed off of that. They will have a thirst for it. That, that's what happened. Confidence comes from doing. This team isn't hoping it can make the playoffs. It's not hoping it can make the Super Bowl. They're planning on winning it. Right. And that's what those moves made. So I don't care about giving up that draft equity. Just keep building a good team. What Sanders did was teach Debo Samuel and Kendrick Bourne how to play the position. And we saw that in the second half. Yep. We saw Debo slow down and he, he found out how to play faster. Like he just learned how to play the game. And now because of those four months with Sanders, those two, both of their careers took off and that's just in like that you can't get that type of experience. So that third rounder, like you do that every time, every day of the week, you, you, you get rid of that third rounder for just for the development. And if you, for, there are a lot of people going back to Sanders, there are a lot of people that think, you know, it was okay to move on from him, but he's another guy. If you watch the film, just because he wasn't putting up numbers, man, he was open often. Like he's very good football player. Yeah. Well, well, when they brought him in, the day they brought him in, I was I, I got asked to do an interview, and they asked me, what do I think about the trade? And I, my first comment, I said, Garoppolo has immediately gotten better. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, because he has a quarterback now that – I said, he has a wide receiver now that just understands football. I was like, look, this guy's played in multiple offenses on multiple teams, and he's always been productive. That lets me know. Football acumen, extremely high. Understanding of defense, the understanding of different schemes, understanding of different football languages that offenses are going to have. He gets all of that. With that being said, he's going to make a quarterback better on top of why on top of that. He understands all these things, but he's a bad weather player, bad ball player. Um, what do you mean by that? I don't mean Garoppolo throws bad balls. This guy played in Pittsburgh. He played in Denver. So yeah. you deal with the elements. This guy can just perform, whether it's warm weather, cold weather, rain, snow. He's always productive. You're going to get better. Now you throw in the fact that he's a pro's pro, and he understands being the true meaning of being a vet. And the truest meaning of being a vet is being willing to teach the next man how to take your job with no fear. I love and that. that's what you got with him, a pro's pro that was ready to come in and teach born and teach Debo and her how to be pros so that when your turn is when your turn comes you know the standard and you know how to excel to it and maintain it and teach the next guy that's how teams get good and stay good you yeah. got to have pros that are willing to teach the guy how to take their jobs which is why i think acquiring Trent Williams is going to really take this team to another level because as i mentioned wasn't was out of football last year, but he's coming into a team like this is hands down, not even close to the best team that he's been a part of. So he's going to want to work his butt off, not only to get back in shape and earn, because he's on a one-year deal. So he's going to earn a contract. He's going to have an opportunity to teach the players underneath him how to play the game. And he's going to be in the spotlight. He knows that. So being in the spotlight, you're not going to want to get embarrassed. You're not going to want to go out there and get showed up on a national TV so I think Williams is going to come out in like some just amazing shape and playing under Kyle and with, with what they do, with what this offense does, I think he's going to put on a show. Hey, man, Trent's a dog. I don't care. You know what? Let me, let me explain something to you right now. You know, A dog does dog things whether you're looking at him or not. Yep. A dog is going to bark. Whether you're in the room to hear it or not, a dog is still going to bark. Whether, whether you're there to watch him um, – Eat that bone. He's gonna eat that bone. He's gonna take a bite. Whether he's there. and Trent's a dog, so it doesn't matter whether people are watching, whether the spotlight's on. Trent, he had played his entire career. You don't become a seven-time Pro Bowler 
um, because you're if you're concerned about whether or not people are going to see, view you a certain way, he's out there just making certain that he erases whatever his assignment is. He's going to erase it. That's who he is. So that's why when I saw that, I just laughed. <laughs> when I saw I, when I saw Joe Staley retired and they got Trent Williams, I just laughed. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you, talk, you talk about. You're talking about a GM doing his job. Come on. If Trent Williams is a bust, if Trent Williams hits the field and he can't play a snap, he can't do anything, I'm still not upset with John Lynch or the organization or the front office for making this choice because it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. that good. He's a dog. And you can't, like I said, you've got to expect him to do dog things. You have to until he shows you that he can't do them anymore. And he has the last time he was on the field, he was that same dog. He was. And that's why it's so hard to imagine him not being that same player because that's all we know of him. Like that, He's given us one thing yeah. all throughout his career. It's the same nasty, crazy athlete, finisher, put you in the yeah. dirt, and tell you about it afterwards. And you, you cannot help but love that. So, yeah, I just kudos yeah, to Lynch, man. Kudos to Lynch for being aggressive. Kudos to him moving around the board and just continuing to put this team in a position to to get back to where they need and hopefully, you know, win it. So 49ers, they also moved on from Marquise Goodwin, Matt Breida. Uh, Breida was a fan favorite, but, you know, $3 million yeah. for a running back that's it's just probably not going to play. He was phased out of the offense. So that's not too much of a surprise, but that's another kudos for Lynch for getting not only putting his players in position like Breida and Goodwin – so they're going to teams where they, they have a chance. I do like that. I think players will notice that and appreciate that. He also shedded about $7 million in salary cap. So that helps yeah. with, you know, the extension well, for Williams. Goodwin, Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect Brita. I didn't expect Brita or Goodwin to be here. Um, Goodwin's been in the league long enough now. Um, and I was asked that before, like, what did I think? that I think it was going to be the turning point? And, and my response was with a question. And, and I said, um, how long has – Goodwin been in the league, yeah. <laughs> and what type player has he been? I understand that things have happened off the field that are affecting, but when you start getting seven, eight years, you are what you are. You're not going to all of a sudden become a different type player. And Brita, um, I said it before the season was over that Brita wouldn't be on the team uh, next year uh, because he fell out of favor with the coach. Yeah, that wasn't just going to change yeah. the next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was just it. Once once you fall out of favor with the coach. Um, and one thing I do know, Kyle, we all know Kyle's a Shanahan. I played for his dad, and this is the thing about it. When 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 Mike and Kyle has some of this, when Mike loves you, he loves you. And he's going to give you every opportunity uh, to succeed. Now, he's going to expect you to get it done, but he's going to give you those opportunities. When you're in the doghouse, it doesn't matter if you can play or not. Yeah. <laughs> you're not getting out of the doghouse. Um, you, you can't you can't play your you can't play your way out of the doghouse. Once you're in the doghouse, you, that means your your opportunities are up. And remember, in the NFL, you don't win a job, you don't lose a job. Opportunities are given and taken. And Breida had been given his opportunity, and a couple of fumbles, just a couple. But if, but they were at inopportune times, and that's it. Yeah, the uh, the doghouse reference is perfect for the wide receiver room. See Kendrick Bourne. See Dante Pettis. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I, I mean, and that's that's the thing. You're going to try to give those guys an opportunity, and I mean, Bourne has come along and made some plays. I I like him. I, I like him. Pettis is one where I, I really didn't like the way Kyle came out and made comments about Pettis last year. I think those are things that you kind of keep in. I didn't like that so much um, because I don't like it when when someone is threatened. Yeah. I just, uh, unlike what he said about Witherspoon, uh, you know, like how they about Witherspoon this year, where they were like, "This is a make or break year." That right there, I'm cool with that. I, I don't have a problem with that because this is the off season. You know, everybody know that this guy, you've given him chances. I mean, he was bitched back in the, in the lineup, bitched again back in the lineup. So everyone knows that. But when you have this player and you start talking about what he's not doing, in the, I don't like that. I don't like that. But that also, that also lets me know, like you said, you're you are in that doghouse. It's hard to get out with a Shanahan. Yeah, he. Uh, <laughs> and you also see, they're drafting guys. 
when you when you're a second round receiver, they draft the first round receiver, and you have any you're you're not working your way into the lineup. Bye bye. That, that's a sign that they may be moving on. Yeah, yeah. We so we saw in August, and Kyle didn't just do that to Dante one time. He did it like three or four times, and it was in August. It wasn't in February. It wasn't in March. It was like right as the season's about to start, just calling him out. So yeah, it it did come off yeah. a little bit a little reckless and. Dante just doesn't seem like the player to respond to that type of coaching anyway. So uh, the last chance he, the last time we remembered Pettis playing was, I believe he had like three drops in a game and and that was all we saw. So uh, it's, he's going to have to bounce back. It, it is like a make or break year. Do you think he, do you think Pettis becomes of anything this year? Do we see the light bulb come on, come on like we did for Witherspoon before his injury last year? Uh, well, the the thing about it is going to be the opportunities that he's given. Because remember, like I said, you 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 don't win or lose a job. Your opportunities are given and taken. So now, okay, you just drafted Ayuk. Opportunities have to be given to him. They will be given to him. Yeah. Debo has earned more opportunities, so he's going to get more opportunities. Uh, remember, Kittle is still your number one receiver. He's going to get his opportunities. Uh, so that's going to be there. Um, Bourne has been working, making plays. Bourne. Regardless of what people may have think about in the past, all I saw him do was get better and better and make big third down catches, make big plays and big games when you need them. So his confidence is going to be up. The quarterback's confidence in him is going to be up. The, the play caller's confidence in him is going to be up. So now you see I've already thrown four names out there. Um, and yet, and Hurd may be back. So you're running out of opportunity yeah. if you're petted. What's going to happen is so he's going to have to basically take whatever opportunity he gets and just like house call it. Or he's going to have to he's going to have to go above and beyond of what he's been doing and leave Kyle no choice because if he doesn't, like the the boat's moving without him, the ship's moving without him. Well, well, this is this is the thing. He's gonna he's going to have to show um, extreme toughness mentally yeah. uh, because what's going to happen when you're not getting those opportunities? Like you said, he had a game, you dropped three or four balls. Well, guess you're not going to get those. You're not going to get four opportunities to drop balls. So, the, so you got to catch the ones that come to you. So, if you catch one, they may throw throw you two. You better catch two, and you might get three. You better get three because you're you you have already had your allotment of drops and bad plays. So that's where you have to just be mentally tough, focused, and just come in and execute. It's really that simple. Don't worry about the ones that they're not throwing to you. Catch the ones that come to you, and that will give you an opportunity to do it in spite of. Because sometimes we just say that all the time when I play. There were times where we we would forget the coaches. I, I, I vividly remember Tim McDonald saying it all the time. Don't look to the sideline. Forget the coaches. We'll make the calls. We'll do it in spite of them. That's and that's good. how you have. That's the mindset that you have to have. Like I don't. And, I, and I'm not lying. There were games where, where I remember playing a game where an entire half. An entire half, instead of the defense, the defensive coordinator signaling signaling in plays to us, I was giving him the signals of what we had called on the field so they could write it down. I love that. We we literally made we made all the calls because they weren't doing. We were telling them we can't do certain things. You guys are putting people in position. You got our linebackers trying to cover guys they can't cover. We need to change these plays. We need to do this. We need to do that. And when that happened, we were like, we'll take it in. We'll take it on. We'll do it ourselves. We'll just do it ourselves. And that's what we did. No, I like that a lot. So just recapping the rest of the draft class, 49ers, they drafted another receiver in the seventh round. They drafted an offensive lineman who they traded, who they drafted with the pick that they got for Brita. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said that was going to be their emergency tackle, basically um, their backup plan if they were not able to get Trent Williams. So it sounds like they were pretty high on him, though he did play – guard at the senior bowl so he might be in the running to start at right guard and then they also drafted a blocking tight end uh there's a strong undrafted free agent class but we don't have to go too much into that let's let's just talk about before we get out of here the leftover needs were you surprised that there was no uh cornerback or safety drafted i am not i mean it's because people talk about they didn't address those needs well you definitely did address those needs. Remember, you signed Jimmy Ward, who was a, a free agent, um, free agent safety. 
you, you found him and got exactly and you know not only what you, you, you developed him, you know what you're going to get. These ones, and the names that were out there were of him, so you might as well get him. You have, you addressed the corner position. Witherspoon has everything you need to play the corner position. E-Man has come in and shown that he can play the corner position. Oh, by the way, Richard Sherman is still a pro bowler. Okay? Everyone, everyone's losing their minds over Jimmy Gibbons a play in the Super Bowl. Uh, well, I get it. He may not have the same long speed, but he still knows how to play the game. Um, and that was a play. You don't, you don't make all pro off of a play. You don't become a bad player off of a play. So, so as far as that DB room, I think they're okay. I mean, you brought talk that you got everyone. The secondary is not an issue. Um, so the other aspect of that is if, let's just say, let's just say you looked at it and they brought in some players at the quarterback position, at the safety position. Who's coming off the field? Exactly. And I was going to bring that up because I think the world of Mosley – and I know Witherspoon struggled with confidence down the stretch, but if we're just talking about talent, good luck finding a, somebody more talented than Witherspoon. Um, just be, what his what his issue was to me is when when you saw him early in the season just playing with confidence, he was honestly he was he was playing better than Sherman was before he was injured. And if that pisses some people off. So be it. But Witherspoon was playing like at an all-world level. He was just no, so true. so confident, playing fast, yeah. seeing the yeah. field, coming up to make plays, going back to make plays. As you as he started to give up receptions, he did not have a short-term memory. He those plays stuck in his head. He started to play slower, and because of that, he started to second guess everything he was doing. He did he didn't he wasn't so confident in making plays, making his reads, going up for the ball, and that took you know that pretty much took him out of the out of the game or whatever it may be. Mosley, I think he's earned every right to earn an opportunity to start. So I don't think that whoever they drafted, if it wasn't going to be early on, I don't think there was a cornerback in this draft that would have been that would have replaced Mosley or Witherspoon. So reading the draft, I think they did a great job of ignoring cornerback. The, the issue is down the line after 2020, their top four cornerbacks are going to all be unrestricted free agents. Tard is an unrestricted free agent. So I, I understand that, but like you're not going to you're not going to find players that are better than what's on the roster right now and Kinlaw makes your D-line, linebackers and secondary better. Uh, well, you you touched on a lot right there and I agree. It wasn't there's no reason um and Spoon the, the only thing I disagreed was I disagreeing. In addition to Spoon, it wasn't it, he got in his own head but Remember, he's a young player. Yeah, and he—I agree—he was—he was the most consistent performer in the secondary uh, before his injury. But because he's a young player, when he got injured, uh, that time off—you you have to realize the game continues. The other guys are still playing, and they're playing at game speed and game pace. And when he came back, it's—it's it's, it's something else that you have to learn as a player is as how to rehab, how to get yourself game ready when you're not getting those reps in. And the game was faster. So he started making mistakes. And, and you see the plays he gave up. Even the last play that got him off the field against Minnesota. Right he was there. in position. Right there. The he, was in, he was in position. And he just panicked. Yep. And that's because the game was a little bit faster. E-Man, as you said, he's come on. He's earned his opportunities, um, taking advantage of his opportunities. And he played well. And there was, and as you said, there was no one that they were going to draft that was going to be more talented than those guys. Now you could have, like I said, you could have given those guys an opportunity and just put them on the field, and maybe those guys would have performed well. But I'm completely, completely okay with that DB room. They're just, they're, they, they got a lot of good players, young players. They do, they really do. If Witherspoon plays to make a play and plays to not make a mistake, he'll be back. That that's how I, I feel pretty strongly about that. Oh well, wait, hold on, hold on. You can't play to not make a mistake because if you're afraid to make a mistake, if you're afraid to make a mistake, you'll never make a play. Well, that that's what so I'm that, saying. That, that's that, what he was that, doing that, down the stretch. That's what I yeah, saw from yeah, him. You're, you're absolutely. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, that's that. What I'm saying is that's what I saw from him down the stretch. Is he was playing not to make a mistake, whereas those first few games he was just playing, man. He was just playing fast, playing free, and as you said, the game speed up, sped up after injury. He was he was playing not to make a mistake. He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to be pulled because he saw he knew that somebody was looking over his shoulder, and that's when it all went bad. You you are absolutely right, absolutely right. That's what. So he just needs to get back to doing what he was doing. And he just needs to he just needs to get back to doing what he was doing, playing the way he was playing, and that will take care of itself. And and on the other aspect of it, where you're talking about next year, you're going to have these unrestricted free agents. They're all going to be in position to go. So what? Yeah. Jimmy Jimmy Ward was in position to go, and you offered him a contract, and he wanted to be a part of it, and he stayed. You're going to have to do that regardless. So if you have the guys in your locker room. There's no reason to go out and get someone else. There's no reason to worry about drafting a position that you don't need. That right now, remember, we started this. It's about maintaining the level of success that you have. It's about maintaining the standard in that locker room. There, there's no dip in. There's no dip in the level in that um, DB room. So, so that's it. And and like I said, you, you're not. I don't look at a position and say that they need to get a player. Right? And I, I do wish they would move Sherman to safety. I, I really do. I wish I wish Sherman and Jimmy Ward were the safety. Wow. Uh, I just I just think Sherman will, will. I think Sherman will be a great safety. I, I, Sherm Sherm to me is going to do. He'll he'll do the uh, Merton Hanks thing. Wow. I, I believe that I believe that Sherm Sherm is going to be a Pro Bowl All Pro safety before he's done. Um. I think he has that, type, and I and I think that that in itself can change the um, can change the, you know the, the secondary. So I, and I and I think that's a part of the thinking where everyone is wondering like, what are they doing with some of these guys, and why are you not drafting them? They're already in that room. It's just going to be a question of moving those guys around because if E Man continues to develop, Witherspoon continues to develop. Uh, you think about it, you you have two corners right there. Sherman moves to safety. You have a safety. You have Tart, or you you find you know you start to look at it now. It's not like you're replacing the entire secondary. So I think that room is fine. It's just a question. You you have to have the vision to actually see the entire matrix and and you know get like Neo where you see all <laughs> of what's happening as opposed to have tunnel vision and you're just locked on. It's like that last scene of the Matrix where all of a sudden you're like, oh okay, I see all the moving parts. That's that's what I look at when I see the secondary. There are a lot of moving parts, inter- interchangeable parts, and you don't need to bring a lot of other pieces into it. And the other aspect of it, it's it's easier to find guys that can come in and do the job and develop when you have solid guys in the room. And Ward's a solid guy. Sherm's a solid guy. Uh, those guys being on the field and being around will allow some of the other guys to grow and develop. And I know that's a dirty word now in the league, develop, development. For some reason, fans forget all about that. Yeah. We- Once upon a time, you were actually able to grow as a player, like Spoon. Everyone, he's a bum. Get him out of here. The kid was in his third year, in his, in, I mean, in his first time starting. You don't get better until you play. Right. So, period. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you can you, you can, can take all the practice reps you want. By watching. You can take all the practice reps you want. If you don't have game experience, you are not going to progress as a player. And the problem with fans is you. if you make one mistake, like they're ready to burn it all down. Just look at Sherman. Sherman played at like a ridiculously high level all year. He gets beat in the Super Bowl on a fade by a speedy receiver where he is like a half step back and you did not notice that on any of the other 50 to 60 plays but because you saw that and because it came out of situation that you remember you think that he cost you the game like that is the mindset of a fan so uh it's it's tough to it's tough to rationalize with them but man this is really good stuff we're coming up on an hour i think we are good here eric is there anything else any other thoughts that you want to touch on before we roll out Oh man, no! I you, because then you need a whole nother hour. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we can we can save that. We can we can bring it back for next week. 
Yeah, we can. We will do this again, man. We'll do this again. But no, I am like I said. I'm, I'm gonna just bring it all back around. I'm excited about what's going on. I think um, that all you can do this time of year. I know all you can do this time of year is get better on paper. I believe that they made moves to get better on paper. I think that they uh, put things in place to maintain the standard that they, that they themselves have created in that locker room. And I look forward to this season being fun. Niners, they're going to be a problem. They are, they that, a that is the best way to put it. So the, when you lose the players that they lost, it is very hard to replace that type of talent. I think the 49ers did as well as you possibly could to replace those players in some cases. And it, it's not going to be popular, but the left tackle that they signed is going to be an upgrade more than likely. It is going to take some time for Kinlaw and Ayuk, but with what with th- that talent, they have a chance to replace the players that they replaced. And that means the 49ers are likely going to be in a position to get back to the Super Bowl. So, man, hats off to John Lynch for how he maneuvered around the draft. Uh, the 49ers are going to be looking back, I imagine, at this and just really, really be satisfied with how they handled this weekend. So, Eric, where, where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, what is my handle? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Davis underscore and on Instagram, I finally got back on I got on Instagram. Um, it is underscore bump B U M P N run bump and run story of my life. So um, underscore bump and run it's on IG and um, what did I just say? See, I forget all the time. Underscore <laughs> Eric Davis underscore on Twitter. Gotcha. You can find me at KP underscore show. Still watching that Trent Williams and Melvin Ingram play doesn't make any sense. In the same game, he also threw Joey Bosa to the ground. There's another one that I just retweeted on Niners Nation where he is out in space 15 yards down the field grabbing Janoris Jenkins, who was an all-pro player at the time, basically forklifting him and throwing him into the ground. This guy is an unreal player, so we can leave it at that. Thanks for listening. Go Niners.